our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to a slightly belated episode of Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And hi. Sorry for this episode being a little bit late. Uh, Last week was just kind of one of those weeks where, like, the universe conspired against us being able to actually find time to get together and record. But here we are. Uh, For the first time in a year, uh, more or less, maybe, maybe six months, but whatever, I have a work story. Oh. It's it's a tiny one. It's a tiny one. But, I'm ready. Uh, um, yeah, so I'm I'm working uh, food service again, which is but, part uh, of why it was so hard for us to to find time last week. Is Dylan? Right. It, it's not that you are working again. It is that, as I understand it, you were hired kind of unexpectedly, and they were not giving you a ton of advance notice about your shifts. <laughs> right. Like, um, I think I got a text on yeah Sunday. Uh, s- saying what my hours were, and I was like, "Great, I'll see you on Monday. Tomorrow's Monday. Great, I'll see you tomorrow." <laughs> like, I'm glad you. I'm glad you have some work again. But yikes! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um. Anywho, um, I so we have you know we have a display case. Uh, it's a grocery store, and this one lady looks in like she sees beans in the back, and so she's like, "Oh, uh, are those beans?" And I, I have to explain to her like, "Yes, but they 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 go into the burrito." Uh, that uh, is the special, the lunch special of the day. And so her eyes just kind of widen and go, people put beans in their burritos? (laughs) Ma'am? Ma'am. And I'm like, that's right. I have some questions. I'm in suburban Ohio. (laughs) I still had... Okay, hang on. No, right that now. is not an excuse. The mo- one of the most basic items on the Taco Bell menu is a bean burrito. Okay, you forget this is a boomer. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> wow, that's... I could spend uh, a long time breaking this down, but I don't God, want well, to. <laughs> what's that one image of like a washing machine and like you, you put the setting to the whitest whites? <laughs> whitest whites. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! It, it was fine otherwise. Like, but that had me in stitches for like the next ten minutes. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're at least getting those little pockets of joy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dylan, what are we? Uh, what are we talking about this week? You you messaged me a yeah. bit ago with so, this idea, and I'm so very this, excited. This is inspired on uh, uh, the some talking points we had on the last couple episodes, but I, I guess I wanted to zero in and expand on it. Um, a couple episodes ago, I talked about, uh, at the tail end, I talked about fighting games and how uh, one of the joys of like playing a fighting game casually and not worrying about the meta and stuff is that you you really just kind of... I, I, I have seen uh, streamers talk about like once you get to a certain point in um, fighting games where like you have like a very good understanding of the mechanics, the only way you can really improve is to just start playing casually and seeing what you can do. 
Um, Interesting. And you know, try try to try to avoid like the pitfalls of I know this is the most optimal strat because if you always go for the most optimal strat, you will you will become predictable. You you over rely on what works, and so sometimes you need to go back to basics, learn neutral. And I realize I might be using uh, terms that people who don't play fighting games are aware of. So I, we'll we'll break as, those because down I have later. been I have been trying to learn new, like I I have been investing in some fighting game knowledge recently i'll try to like break down anything that you say <laughs> that i'm like ah i learned that word last week but <laughs> neutral is the the stage of the game where like nobody has like nobody's in the middle of a combo nobody has an advantage it's kind of like it's the the position in like fencing or in a boxing match where like nobody's really going in yet they're testing each other to see when they can go in yeah like looking for an opening that that kind of thing and, you know, that that was very interesting, and I wish I remembered the name of the streamer I got that from, but, uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shout you out if we remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can find him. Uh, it was Street Fighter related. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I guess, like, I, I mentioned earlier that, like, playing fighting games and learning fighting games is kind of, especially when you're playing them casually, you can pick any character you want and it's based off of, like, maybe something you like about their design, something you like about their fighting style. And I guess the more I thought about it, the more I, I realized, like, learning a character in a fighting game is kind of like uh, character analysis for an actor. You know, with the with layers of abstraction, please work with me here. This is Yeah, a... no, I'm, I'm excited to go with you on this journey. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm talking to the audience member, the skeptical audience member who <laughs> scoffs at me. Um, yes, I know you. You know who you are. <laughs> Timothy timothy hey, um, to any timothys who listen to the show i'm very sc- sorry if i just scared you <laughs> <laughs> but uh where were we going with this? <laughs> no i i uh-huh. i feel this like i like i mentioned i have recently been like trying to learn a little bit more about how to actually play fighting games reasonably yeah. so so your current vice is dragon ball fighter z and smash bros right uh, Smash Bros. has been a vice for a long time, though I never oh, played true, it true. competitively. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is the one that I'm currently like actually kind of putting the putting the time in the lab in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have fired up the King of Fighters 2002. Mm-hmm. Is that the yes. one you gave me? Yes, uh, uh, 2002 unlimited match. I fired that up a couple of times, and it is. I am. I am still. <laughs> hot garbage at it uh i'm getting dumpstered by cpus but i can, I'm, I can I'm give learning. you some i can give you some pointers later uh rad yeah yeah don't worry but about that <laughs> the the first parallel is one of one of the things that i have been finding mm-hmm. and this i think speaks a little bit to like the 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 acting training as goofy as this analogy is mm-hmm. it's all of the rote repetition and muscle memory that's involved like the so much of so much of the 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 practice that i have done as i have been kind of learning these games and and digging into like going on websites to look up bread and butter combos for different characters Mm -hmm. and like it's all about training yourself so that like when you're in neutral you know you're you're jabbing against your opponent you're trying to figure out like can you get an opening can you hold the defensive while they try to test you for openings? All that culminates in like the instant of, all right, I landed a hit, and you need to be able to, from that, transition into a combo instantly. Right. And right. that's entirely muscle memory, and that is why actors rehearse. Yeah. 
rehearsal on stage and all of like the prep work and we'll we'll get into more of that like character analysis stuff that that you were talking about in a minute but like the the most obvious parallel for me is like when I'm when I'm analyzing a script and I'm finding all of my tactics and objectives we talked about this before but those are like mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do wh- how I'm trying to do it in every scene and in, a, in every line of a performance when when I'm doing that all of that prep work is so that I can go into the rehearsal room and be like ready to kind of jump onto whatever the director or whatever my partners in the scenes are going off of. And then you rehearse for however long your rehearsal window is so that then when you're on stage, all of that stuff, all of that work you've done, all of the like, I have to be like, you know, the blocking, I have to move from this point on stage to this point on stage, or I have to exit here, enter here. And all of that like analysis you've done and all of those tactics and objectives that are, have become part of your performance, that's all running in the background and you don't even have to think about it so that if something different happens, if like there's a different energy in the room or the audience is giving, is like reacting to different things or your scene partner gives you something different unexpectedly, you're free to immediately react without having to think you've built up your mental muscle memory of all of the things that need to happen. And that leaves you more free to play. And it's the same way in, a lot of games, but fighting games in particular, because so much of it is learning that muscle memory and building up the, like, I know what my, like, four or five best combos that are going to get me the most are, and I know how to get to them from, like, any of the possible options that, like, might happen randomly. Right. It's that that kind of balance of the unexpected with the preparation. Right. And that's entirely what performing is, and it's it's kind of wild how perfectly that parallels itself (laughs) yeah so i guess like from there um actually yeah what what direction would you like to take this in i'm I'm curious about this idea of like once you get to a certain level the best thing you can do to it to improve is to play more casually yeah so um and actually i can i can look up this uh twitch streamer right now uh, he he plays a lot of King of Fighters, but he did a video um, regarding Street Fighter Five. Juicebox is the guy's name. Juicebox FGC. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he he did a lot of video uh, videos, kind of breaking down what neutral and KOF is like. So I've been kind of fascinated by that because I've been getting into King of Fighters like pretty hard recently. But yeah, no, uh, he he was basically talking to someone who plays the character Nikali in Street Fighter Five, um, and he kind of broke down like. This is the thing you do the most, and it's useful, but I can kind of tell that you, you, when, when you are doing this, you're not really considering why you're doing it. It's just like, this is something that's reliable. It works in most situations, so I'm going to keep doing that. And that's gotten you really far, but now you have this bad habit where this is a crutch that you'll rely on, and when someone's able to figure it out and call it out, they're going to get you. Um, so what he suggested was he, he looked at like what that player, what else that player liked to do and said, all right, looking at your play style, I'm going to say play Zangief, play Zangief and do casual matches as Zangief. And the more you learn about that specific character, the more you're going to learn more about the game. Look, you're going to look less at like what is reliable to you and you're going to pay more attention to your limitations and you're going to look at the limitations of your opponent and you're going you're going to be thinking about the game more i don't want to say freeform but you're you're the way you're thinking about the game is going to expand 
you're going to you're going to be thinking less from the point of view of like the character you made and more from the point of view of like the mechanics as a whole. Yeah, I guess. the me- the mechanics, the neutral, um not just like what works, but what what actual tactics you have to use is the easiest way for me to describe it. And it's it's a 13-minute video and I'm I'm probably glossing over a ton. I, I watched it like 2 weeks ago. But hey, um hey, you, you you know what's wild? Mhm. I've had acting teachers give me that same exercise. <laughs> where I've, you where I've you had, where you act outside of your uh type. Yeah, I've I've had mm-hmm. I've had teachers uh in like voiceover class and things be like, "All right, here are your really you're really solid in like, you know, that kind of subdued, laid back part of your range for like these kinds mm-hmm. of commercials. You sound really good on that." And like, mm-hmm. you know, they would encourage me to use that and to to become as comfortable with that part of my voice as I could. But then every now and then to be like, okay, Chris, this is a part that I would never like. You would never be cast as this, mm-hmm. but do it anyway. Okay, and see what you can make out of it. And like you know, with that intention of like pushing me to expand my boundaries and figure out like different ways of approaching the copy that wouldn't work with my natural voice, just like. A lot of the parts that I sound really good on is like, you know, the kind of laid back conversational guy who's just here to tell you about this this new product that's coming for you. Because a lot of these classes are like commercial yeah. voiceover. Right. And then right. be like, all right, here's a part. The 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 specs for this part are like bubbly, manic, 16-year-old girl. <laughs> Take it and run with it, Chris Wilson. And I'd be like, all right, I don't know what that's going to sound like, but let's see what we do. So and I tried like to that, do slushy over at blah blah yeah, blah. Like that that yeah, kind yeah. of that, that kind energy. of copy though. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so like again, it's that idea of like, and this kind of applies to like we're talking about it in terms of fighting games and acting, but like anything you're trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. Like I, our friend Dakota, who we've had on the show before, uh, has talked before about like professors giving him assignments. He's he's in a master's program, uh, giving him assignments to do things that are like way outside of his art style. Mm-hmm. as a way of kind of broadening what he is able to do and, like, bringing new things back to the style that he likes to work in. So any anything that you're trying to get better in, this idea of, like, doing something that is against the grain for you is probably going to help you get better at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, 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 we got a good discussion going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, what I, I wanted to talk about was, like, I think there was a moment happened probably last year if i'm being honest where like playing fighting games uh like something just kind of clicked for me and i felt like i had like reached the next step as it were <laughs> you've not leveled up you've but, you've go- you've gone to super saiyan 2 like i'm i'm not trying to be like yeah i ranked up yeah. in fighting games dog <laughs> but like you know what i mean is like my my understanding of the of the games like fighting games as like kind of universally th- uh you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you you like you hit a paradigm shift where you were able to like, oh, I realize the mistakes that I've been making, I have implemented against them. Yeah. Like not saying that you have become perfect, but like you have you, you are inherently better than you were. Yeah. Prior. I've been I've I've I I told you this a couple weeks ago, but like I just did a SNK super deep dive. Prior to like this year, the only games I or last year, I guess it's 2020 now. Uh the only snk fighting game franchise i really invested any time into was uh samurai showdown um and i still love samurai showdown but now i I took the deep dive into last blade uh king of fighters fatal fury all of those and 
SNK is like notorious for their difficult arcade modes, as you probably have noticed at this point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess like through that difficulty, I, I started to notice a pattern. Um, And, you know, part of it's easy because like after you play against the same uh, AI controlled character so long, you start to notice that the AI has patterns and... When you are in a certain position, it will trigger a certain response from the opponent. And yeah. th- this is not something that will help you against humans at all. Uh, th- like, you know, humans are adaptable. But I guess that's like kind of the nice thing about fighting a computer is that once I realized how predictable they were becoming, I was looking at my own mistakes and how usually like when I when I got my ass beat the hardest, it was because... I did something that was super risky or I overextended myself in a way that the computer was easily able to punish because its AI was written to exploit those things. So then I became more focused on like what I was doing and how I was leaving myself open and of my normals, which are the attacks that you do without any crazy inputs. I started paying more attention to like which one of those would, you know, what has the least amount of startup uh, frames or I guess like least amount of like wind up to the attacks and you know recovery uh what what's i'm really trying to like not use fighting game lingo go too jargony (laughs) yeah yeah uh start up in recovery frames which means like when i do this attack how long does it does it take for me to do damage and how long does it take for me to be able to control my character again yeah I started thinking about that. I started paying attention to my opponent's startup and recovery frames. I paid attention to what can I link from what. So, you know, like Chris was saying, as far as combos go, like, when I hit with a heavy attack, can I do anything from that? Uh, And if I can't, should I lead with a heavy attack? Just stuff like that. Yeah, and Um, uh, to to draw my metaphor once again, this this is the rehearsal room. Yes. You've got everything as in, in as controlled a state as you can with these, as you got them to, the, to be somewhat exploitable AI yeah. routines going. Yeah. The, the only thing that would be easier than that is going into training mode, but unfortunately, uh, the uh, Switch ports of SNK games don't have a training mode available. Oh, no. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's kind of trial by fire, like in the good old days. Quote, unquote, good old days. um but yeah no i I, and so i guess like as i was playing that like i I, like i said a couple weeks ago i was playing the character hibiki in last blade who is you know she's kind of mid-tier uh she's not like amazing you can't do like crazy things with her but like you know you can get some decent damage out especially if you're punishing an opponent you know i was just i was just feeling myself i was just having fun um playing this character who's like not nothing amazing but like still fun to play and in doing that, that kind of deepened my understanding of things. So that's that's all I wanted to talk about as far as uh, Last Blade goes. I guess, like, if I had to segue into anything and I got to get, like, pull out the uh, conversation we were having, Chris. <laughs> and we've, we've already uh, covered this before, but I guess to actually read the message I was sending, Chris... Uh, picking a fighting game character you like also feels like character analysis in its own roundabout way. Any attack is a tactic. Any whiff is an obstacle. The core mechanics in your moves are your given circumstances. So I think, we, I guess like when people talk about fighting games, like they're this weird esoteric thing that you have to really work hard to get into. That's half true and half not true. 
you know, it's half true in that, like, the games don't really do a great job of, like, explaining to you how to play them. And you, you do kind of have to go out of your way to learn everything. But on the other hand, learning a fighting game is just as easy as, like, picking up a character that feels fun to control, has a cool design if you like their design, or, you know, it doesn't have to be cool, it, ha- it can be whatever, um, and just, you know, playing and learning through error, yeah, like it's, everything. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing, and to, to broaden it a little bit beyond beyond just fighting games and into more more broad sort of competitive games that can be played casually like this. I was also thinking on this topic on on the topic of Magic the Gathering, which is yeah one of my personal things, and I've been playing a lot of uh, Magic Arena, which is the recent computer version of, of Magic the Gathering recently, mm-hmm. where it's the same kind of thing like there there are there are objectively like correct or most powerful things you can do and like people you can spend a lot of time and a lot of energy getting really into the weeds of like the more impenetrable statistical side of card games if you want to with magic Mm -hmm. or when a new set comes out you like this most recent one that's all based on Greek and Roman mythology and is entirely my shit. <laughs> you can look at it and go, "Huh, that card that's based on like Magic the Gathering's interpretation of the like God of the Sun seems really interesting. I wonder if I can build a deck around that." Mm-hmm. And then again, you've got your your collection of possible uh your your collection of possible tactics in the form of all the cards that are legal in the format you choose to play in. And you get to, like, spend some time building a thing that is going to play in the way that you want it to play. You're not doing anything necessarily brand new, much like if Dylan and I decided we wanted to put on a production of, I don't know, Waiting for Godot. That's all been done before. (laughs) Right. But we would be able to bring our own spin to it by taking the things out of the script that we like and using those as kind of the focal points for our analysis. Yeah. Something I wanted to talk about uh, going back to video games was, or fighting games specifically, was I, I wanted to bring up uh, Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. Um, okay. And like the the, thi- the the fact that they have like essentially, they have the same special moves and in a lot of ways they're clones of each other, but they're still, there are still differences that kind of accentuate the different personalities of the characters And I guess, like, in that weird way, the character you pick, you are kind of assuming the role of that character. Um, So Ryu is, like, for people who aren't familiar with Street Fighter, Ryu is the very stoic, like, he's the the mascot of the series. He's very stoic. He has the headband. um, He has the fighting stance, and he he just travels the world. He's a a fighting hobo. He's a punch hobo. He's he's grumpy or Goku. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's incredibly disciplined and his his fighting style reflects that. His his moves are slower but they're more direct and to the point and when they hit they deal a decent amount of damage. Ken on the other hand, he's uh his character is he's he's the son of a rich um some owns some company or whatever, conglomerate. He he's rich um and kind of spoiled. He's a tr- he's a trust fund baby. He's a he's a trust fund baby, and I don't know if this is canon, but like in one fan series of uh, Street Fighter, uh, he actually is learning martial arts to like learn some fucking discipline. You spoiled kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and so 
his his attacks are flashier. When he does the Shoryuken, which is an uppercut into a jump, unlike Ryu's, his both A reaches a little further and B uh, bursts into flame. Yeah, he like a lot of his moves, in particular the the Shoryuken and the Tetsupaki Spukiaku, Tatsumaki Spukiaku, Tatsumaki Spukiaku, <laughs> uh, which is this like wild like multi spin roundhouse kick top nonsense. Yeah. Uh, he, you turn into a Beyblade. Yeah, you're just a, a fire Beyblade. <laughs> um, and yeah, in Street Fighter Five, he, he does get he does uh go on fire, doesn't he? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so in, in previous games, he doesn't do that. Um, but in certain games, I think uh, Capcom versus SNK specifically, uh, Ryu's hits hard. Ken's has multiple hits. Yeah. Like, it has, it has a lot more hits for every... He spins faster, basically. And so, between those two, like, Ken also has, like, a somersault to get in closer to... Uh, yeah, somersault's the right term. Uh, he can do a combat roll, I guess, would be a better yeah, term. Yeah, like a little Aikido like roll. Yeah, yeah. To get in closer, his, like I said, his Shoryuken goes uh, further. Uh, his Hadouken, in some games, doesn't have as far a range as Ryu. And so, like, between these two characters and, like, the differences in how they are designed, if you gravitate towards Ryu, you are probably looking more for, like, a punishing character. You, you are waiting for your opponent to slip up, and that's when you go, like, that's when you hit them, and then you are back to waiting for them to slip up again. Ken, you know, you're probably still waiting for them to slip up, because that's just how, f that's the flow of fighting games. But, yeah. um, you, you can kind of be a little bit more aggressive in how you go about it you're you can you have more options of like getting in close you know you you you're sure you can you're tatsumaki sapuya you when you spin like a top uh yeah. you have more hits so it's a little harder to uh counter that just yeah. little things like that um, but as so, a kind of mm -hmm. to in the other side that that speaks to ken being this kind of flashier character while ryu yeah like you said his attacks don't you don't get as many multi hits with Ryu, but yeah. all of his hits hit a little bit harder. So his character is kind of then reflected in the way that he fights. Is like, yeah, you can do some combos, but you're gonna get more off of like kind of counter striking what yeah. your opponent tries to do than than a character like Ken is. Ken wants to be going in. Ryu's just fine to stand back and let them slip up so he can get something out of it. Yeah. So. You know, it, it's basically just kind of this idea of, like, as if you are playing the disciplined Ryu, you know, the way the character is designed is for you, the player, to act with that same discipline. Whether you do or not is your choice, of course, yeah. because, <laughs> you know, fighting games are freeform, and if something works for you, keep doing it. Don't use it as a crutch, though, because then you'll get predictable, but, you know, that's yep. a whole other thing. And, you know, if, if you're playing as Ken, like, I think most novice Street Fighter players... <laughs> uh you know speaking of someone who played i think the most street fighter i ever played was when you owned street fighter 5 when we lived together in college yep, yep. uh and i think i made ken <laughs> which is no shade by the way yeah no i got you he, he's a popular character for a reason yeah uh, i i think i think i've touched everything on this uh topic did you want to talk more about magic not particularly that was okay that was kind of the, I, it was just a parallel that I felt like bringing up just because any chance I get to talk about magic on the show, I'm going to take. Mm -hmm. 
I don't. Yeah, we don't have I don't to go too I have far much, for this one. Much more to much more to jump on this one. I think that this was yeah. this was a fun topic, but I I feel like I've. I also yeah I, I think we both knew going in that this was going to be kind of a short and sweet one. Yeah, which uh, if if we're gonna have a short and sweet episode, it might as well be the week that we had to get it out late, <laughs> so I don't yeah, have to yeah. edit it for as long. So <laughs> yeah, with that in mind, this was fun. Yeah, uh, I like I like these ones where it's less like we go in with a grand thesis. Those are fun too, but I, I like it right. when we're able to just kind of like, Workshop here's an interesting parallel. An Let's have a yeah. conversation. And I hope that you like that too, listener, because I think it's fun. And I hope that you liked it today when you listened to Backstage Gaming. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Uh, we're, we're obviously not going to go to the uh, the playbill this week for this half hour episodes. We'll just kind of throw everything that we usually do in there, uh, in here. So thank you for listening to Backstage Gaming. As always, if you like what we do, you should share it with your friends and your family, and uh, I don't know, drop it in the Twitch chat of your favorite fighting game streamer and get them to also like our show. That would and, be cool. A lot of those guys have a hell of a lot of reach, and um, they can tell us about how wrong I am about yeah, everything, everything about that fighting we're games. Doing wrong, they can tear and, us to shreds. You know, they're gonna say like, "Oh, Dylan, didn't you know Juicebox is a terrible dude?" I don't know if he is or isn't. <laughs> I just watched his videos and I liked one of them. Um, <laughs> But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, you're good. That was a dumb joke. (laughs) Thank thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you like us, please do think about leaving a rating or review on iTunes. That'll help us grow in, uh, in visibility there. And you can always find us at our website, bsgpod.com, where you can find info about us, info about some of the things we've talked about and a contact form to get in touch with us. Uh, hey Dylan, let's speed run the other things we need to shout out, and then we'll do our social media and we'll wrap this shit up. How? What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. What's your show? My show is, dude. You remember Macross? Uh, it's a show about. Uh, it's a '80s sci-fi action anime uh, where giant robots pew pew pow. This is gonna take longer because I'm <laughs> I'm panicking. <laughs> um, sorry. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, dude, you remember Macross? It's a show co-hosted uh, by me and our friend Coop. And we talk about the anime Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, its sequels and associated media. And it's a really fun show about science fiction and the military and uh, pop culture and society and how all those things intermingle. And if you want to check that out, you can find us at uh, at Dude You Remember. That's Dude as in, Dude, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) I'm trying really hard, Chris. I love you. I'm doing this for you. I love you too. <laughs> uh, you can also you can listen to us on Anchor.fm slash Dude You Remember, and we are on. Okay, we are on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You should also check out the Unexplored Places. It's an actual play podcast currently using the Scum and Villainy play uh, game system. We are doing sci-fi chicanery for lack of a better word oh my episode uh, debut didn't it yeah the I think I just saw the... actually when you're listening to this you can leave and actually go and listen to the first episode of season two that dylan is in which is a great time and it's a great show made by some great people and you can find them at unexploredcast.libsyn.com or by going to at unexploredcast on twitter thank you as always to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod for the support that you give us. It means the world to us that we have the support that we do. It helps us keep things like our website up without losing money on it month after month, which is incredible, and we are so grateful. And if you like the show and want to support us directly, that is a great way to do it. Patreon.com slash bsgpod. 
Thank you, as always, to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. Uh, They are a great collection of podcasts about video games from a whole bunch of different angles, and if you like what we do, you'll probably like a few of those. So you can find them always being retweeted by the official network Twitter account, and that is at HPVGPodNetwork on Twitter. Uh, Hey, Dylan, what about our social media? Our social media? Well, if you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, our handle is at BSG underscore cast, and you can find us on YouTube. Um, And, you know... Guys, we're really counting on you to use that hashtag BSGpod. Hell yeah. Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brennan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff, you can check him out at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N-French.squarespace.com. You can also find him on Instagram.com slash BrennanFrenchArts. You should also go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. Uh, he does a whole bunch of great electronica. He does some production work. He's kind of putting out shit all the time nowadays, which is super cool for him. And you should show him some love by listening to his stuff on Spotify by searching for BioQuery, that's B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y, or by going to soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. And I think that's everything. Excellent. We went a little bit out of order, so my brain's a little fried. If we (laughs) usually plug someone else that I'm forgetting about, I'm very sorry. I don't think we do, though. I mean, for what it's worth, I completely spazzed out while plugging my other show, so... (laughs) Yeah. And if we did forget, well, you'll just have to listen next week to hear about our other great friends that are making great things. And until then, thank you for listening to Backstage Gaming. We hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye! Goodbye now. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.